All right, inappropriate Earl. We've cranking them out lately. I think we've done like five in the last two weeks. Usually, uh, people ask me about the schedule of these things. I try and do one a week, but I've had so many uh, people uh, come to me and say, hey, let's do a podcast. I'm just uh, releasing them uh, when I do them. So uh, today, actually, the new episode's out. Stevie Rochelle from the legend the legend of the 80s, Stevie Rochelle. So if you like 80s music, check that out. And today we have one of the rising rising legends in the comedy store, uh, Roast Battle Circuit. Uh, and after, uh, he might have put on the wackiest roast battle ever recently. I mean, there's been a lot of crazy entrances in roast battle. I've been responsible for probably 60% of them myself. I'm all about that pro wrestling, uh, je ne sais quoi, uh, of roast battle, mainly because my jokes aren't strong enough, uh, which is not this dude's, uh, reason for doing them. He just, he's a pro wrestling fan as well. And he's a great comic. We're going to get into a lot of things. We're going to talk about wrestling, uh, organizations that have been out of business for 10 years. Uh, we're going to talk about roast battle. We're going to talk about stand up. We're going to talk about dating other comics. We're going to, you know, talk about a lot living situations. Uh, this guy's a jack of all trades and he's a good dude. And he talks a lot, which is key to be a guest here. You know, I had a guest on recently who literally gave me one word answers and said, come on. I mean, you know, we all know my story. So put your hands together. Comedy store fans, roast battle fans, and all other fans of Inappropriate Earl for the great Tony Bartoloni. Thanks, man. It's a long intro, man. Yeah, it was was a hell of an intro. Well, I try and give good intros. I mean, you Yeah, yeah, no, I I appreciate it. You were nice enough to... uh, Come down here. I I did a show last night and they uh, they put a credit next to my name of doing the show I was d- booked on. Uh, so did the storytelling show about riding the bus. You could you could put two and two together, but uh, yeah, they listed that show as a credit. So, I mean, so I'm happy to have a long intro. Well, now you can uh, list this show as a credit, and I will. I definitely, I would definitely will. Uh, I'm I'm happy to be here. You should have seen some of the, when I first started auditioning for commercials, uh, I had the the phoniest resume on earth. I I put, I was in Star Wars and like, (laughs) uh, one time I met a guy um, who went to the same community college as me and I, I did every play for like two years uh at that college cerritos college and uh he had listed every play that i was actually in so uh yeah i get it well i mean (laughs) on his on his um on his resume i mean this business is all uh credit based in terms of stand-up oh yeah you know and uh it's it's i mean i feel like it's i mean it's a club thing and it's an la thing uh to have credits i i like yeah i often think i was like anyone anyone in la can book a sitcom and then be on every lineup uh you don't even have to do comedy right now you could just you just show up and uh talk (laughs) which some people that's what they do you know that's what comedy is to some people i mean that's what uh steve-o does i mean uh 
I mean, look at like uh, someone like Kevin Smith, who's just is. I'm a huge fan of. I actually people always. Uh, my first three or four roast battles, I got that a lot. Uh, Kevin Smith. You look like a more in shape Kevin Smith. All right. Well, yeah. Ari Shafir said, uh, "You look like Kevin Smith, but fatter." And I was like, "That's just inaccurate." You know, no, he's bigger than you. Yeah, he's he's huge. Uh, he's lost Literally. he's lost some weight, but um. Well, uh, but I will say those hockey jerseys can make anyone look trimming. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how uh, he must get them custom. <laughs> they're they're huge jerseys. I think he gets the goalie cut jerseys. The, yeah, okay, goalie cut. goalies where the uh, they're allowed to uh, uh, wear uh, jerseys that are made wider. And I tell you, if you ever want to. Get your podcast ratings uh, down as low as possible. Start talking about goalie cut jerseys. Goalie cut jerseys. I never played hockey. That's the one sport I never. It's like, well, it, where did you grow up? Because I here here. Yeah, here's one of the things California. I love about uh, doing this podcast is like we see each other every week, at least right one to three times a week, uh, but yet we know virtually nothing about each yeah. other. Just from what we learn at roast battle, which is. Which is the worst of yeah. the worst. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exaggerated. You know, uh, I'm assuming you think I'm just a Kennedy cousin with the love right. of young women. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. No, uh, I, uh, no, I, I always like talking to you. You're, uh, you obviously got more going on than that. Not really. Please. No. To right. be honest with you, <laughs> I don't even have that going on for me anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. Uh, I I just I just show up and try to give the best show possible at as far as battling, you know. I mean, in stand up too. I uh, people people give it like different. I don't know. People say alt comedy. That's something that gets thrown off, thrown around a lot. I don't really like that. Uh, you know. Well, I think. Uh... Well, it's funny because roast battle is like anti alt comedy. Well, it, yeah, yeah, it is. And then, but like the wave, that's like an alty kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's you know. I well, I think the whole show is anti alt. I don't think many uh, alt shows that I've the few that I've done would not be down with the house racist or the right, right. the house heckler. Well, it's you interesting it. that I, I think alt. Uh, it's yeah. That's that's why I don't like it because it's it becomes this. Uh, it, it will. It's synonymous with bad comedy to some people. Um, and but guys like Marin came up in the alt scene or like. Um, you know, even Louis C.K. found a place, I think, in the alt rooms. And the, they did clubs, too, of course. But that's that's the thing is there's no separation. Comedy is comedy. You know, it's the funny is funny. I've, I find what what it gets called alt now is not is not even something I like, really. It's it's a it's very derivative of like UCB, you know, kind of um just weird for the sake of weird, almost like postmodern. I don't know comedy. It's it's very bizarre, but um, yeah, often not that funny or entertaining or original. I mean, like you said, uh, to me, funny is funny. I, yeah, I, like you know, I love uh, alt comics. I love. I mean, Andy Kaufman 
is one of the funniest for me. Uh, Troy Troy Conrad told me this thing, and I I um I think about it a lot. Is um he said uh, well people say confidence is is the most important thing. Certainly, uh, I think that serves you well <laughs> in uh, in roast battle. It's false confidence. False like, confidence. Well, I'm yeah, but petrified. It's a performance. Well, you have to. Uh, I'm not a good actor, uh, <laughs> but you. It's acting to me. Like I'm not nearly as confident. Yeah, uh, it's it's theater. Well, you know, I I think uh, roast battle specifically. Uh, on any level whether it's in the belly room uh, i know i haven't done the one in temecula yet but yeah. or in montreal and live tv is uh it's not just i know moses says it's a joke writing uh, showcase which it is yeah. but uh, you know i don't think it's uh i think it's also a performance a visual performance right showcase. yeah that's what i think with my last battle i said uh, i was i felt like i was auditioning for the wave because uh, no, i did so much uh physical and theatrical stuff more so than i think any other uh roast uh, yeah. that i can recall now we're gonna tell people what you did in a second here right yeah uh, get to it because it it was really um well I want you to tell I wasn't uh, actually there that night I think I was in New York judging their roast battle uh, so I was very uh Yeah yeah it was we had the Saudi prince Saudi uh, prince who's awesome who's yeah just great I I'm always happy to see either of you guys I was I when you the night you judged and the Saudi prince was hating that was a great that's great yeah Well I mean uh judging's definitely like to me I was trying to concentrate not so much on being funny, but like I love judging because I really like getting into the uh, the nitty gritty of right the yeah. aspects of kind of almost analytical like a like a like a like a wrestling commentator you know yeah because like, like I mean I had a problem in New York with one guy he I wouldn't say he wanted to fight me but he was pretty aggressive after he heard my yeah. critique and it's like I mean dude you're you know you signed up for this show you knew you were going to be judged. Right. Yeah. It is interesting to me how, um, the level of insecurity and I think in LA it's, uh, probably heightened, uh, more than any other place. Although across co comedians are pretty insecure people in general, I think. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I yeah. mean, I'm the most, I mean, actors, comedians, writers, uh, you know, any, any, anything when you're putting, yourself out there in in a in a way uh you're masking a deep insecurity i mean we all do uh comedy and roasting or you know musicians the same for yeah. approval right and that's I, I think that's how it starts at least because uh, like for me i'm at this point i've been doing like i've been doing mics for in la for 11 years and I like I keep a pretty low profile, you know. Um, you're quiet, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And I don't like. I think a big problem with uh, people when they begin is there is this like overexposure. Like everyone's got a YouTube page and a Facebook page and a Twitter and an Instagram and Snapchat now is a thing. But you know, like people just aren't ready to be for all that exposure. And they're putting their you they're putting their stand up videos online, and things like that. And I just um, 
I just saw a problem with it. So I kind of on purpose try to stay under the wire and not be noticed until I'm, I mean, now I'm confident enough to think that I'm ready for some, some exposure. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I mean, I was guilty of that when I first started, you know, I was like, I got to get my stuff out there. And uh, at that time clearly wasn't ready. Right. Yeah. And, and just like, yeah, the world of, uh, you got to create content and you got to pump out, you know, photos and, uh, video and, and it's like, like, uh, even, uh, who's Eric Abenente and, uh, Brandon Bricks. Uh, they both, I, I looked up those guys cause I was writing the report on their battle and, uh, they both had like terrible videos on YouTube and I was like, why would you put a low quality? Like, it's not gonna, I think I wrote it in the, in the pre-report. It's like, why would you put a video of you bombing at an open mic on online? Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense, you know, and because you know, you get one, uh, one crack at you know, industry, uh, you know, right. the first impression, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would much rather, uh, have them people going, who the hell is this and where did he come from, rather than. Like, the, like I remember when Dane Cook broke, that was like, people were like, overnight success. Well, he's been doing stand-up for 14 years. Yeah, same thing with Russell Peters. I mean, yeah. people... It's, it's like, where did he come from? It's like, oh, yeah, he's just been... He just hasn't been famous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... You really... I mean, Dane Cook and Russell were, like, slinging it out and doing yeah. horrible road gigs. It, well, Dane Cook, too, I think he was the first guy who really took advantage of... Uh, it was MySpace back then. <laughs> he just put his videos out. And so, but again, like he was definitely prime to, uh, for that to happen. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, he was putting out albums. He, his, he had that best selling retaliation, I think was one of the best selling albums of all time. I think he was putting out like free clips. Well, I guess right, every clip yeah. was free on Napster, but like, uh, I think people started going who's this guy dan cook and right yeah he you know. but he he said he spent i saw a rolling stones profile on him when he kind of broke um and yeah it was he was putting out clips and adding friends on myspace just you know it was like he'd wake up in the morning and go to work yeah i mean that's yeah. i mean that i mean i'm trying to do that right now as we speak <laughs> on facebook twitter and instagram yeah. putting out pictures of you and I mean, it's, I hate doing stuff like this. Cause yeah, I'm not, I, I, yeah, Snapchat is where I drew the line, but I'm, I'm trying to like make myself do Instagram and I'm not, I don't really enjoy it. Are you on it? Cause I just tried to find you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, it, we'll get the plugs. We're going to do this reverse at Tony Bartoloni on Instagram. Oh at, really? Cause I just at, looked that up. Which, yeah. I think, I think okay. it's just my name. Okay. And then, uh, at Tony does comedy on Twitter. And the Facebook, uh, Tony Bartoloni, um, because it's, you have, you just have to do it. Like, it, yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, you, you don't, I don't think like, I feel like, uh, like someone I have like so much respect for is, uh, is Doug Stanhope where his, he was kind of embraced for a second and then he moved back to Arizona because he couldn't, he just couldn't stand it being in LA and it actually, ended up working for him i mean he had that he had a big credit the man show so but even could, that was so, like almost 
anti Doug Stanhope type of humor. Like right. Well, yeah. It was it was like uh, not to say selling out, but he he uh, it was more mainstream than he will ever be because he's uh, too much of a truth teller. I mean, he he just wrote a book. He just released that book about his mom about assisting in his mom's suicide. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's not, you're not going to see stuff like that on the man show. <laughs> yeah, or, or or Comedy Central at all, you know. Well, I, I'm a big fan of Comedy Central right now. Oh, me too. Big. I, I've always been a big fan. I I watched. I mean, the first battle. What I battled Michael Monsoor, uh, the dude with long hair. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, he challenged me, and I was I was uh, I was almost offended that he challenged me because I thought. Um, you know, he thought he could beat me, you know? So I got a little, uh, I was like, all right, motherfucker, you know? And, and then, um, that was the first time Jeff Jeff Ross saw me battle. And, uh, that was a huge moment for me because I watched Jeff Ross on comedy central when I was 13 years old. I watched the roasts. We used to do roasts in high school even. Um, you know, we did a we started our own improv group, and then we did improv shows once a week and at lunch, and then uh, we started doing roasts once a month. And uh, you know, we just copied the Friars Club and then the Comedy Central roast. Um, Whose line is it anyways? Was on time uh, on TV. We just copied them. Started an improv group. Well, I mean the Friars Club uh, roast. I mean that's yeah. that's what I grew up watching, and uh, right, those Dean Martin celebrity. I mean those are like roast perfection to me, and like probably younger comics would look right. at them and go. I actually in in prep for some battles, I've I've gone back to them. I watched like uh, the roast of Don Rickles and the roast of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Uh, is is a great one because everybody's afraid of him, <laughs> and but making fun of him anyway. And I think that's the one they had Wilt Chamberlain on as well. Yeah, and I think so. Yeah, like, and, you know, here you have some fucking seven foot one, you know, three hundred pound black dude, and Don Rickles is like, yeah, doing some pretty and yeah, yeah, edgy. Talk about edgy, not even edgy, just over the top, racist. Uh, like what now would just not not even be accepted at roast battle, really. Uh, oh, I think it would. Yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe roast battle is the one exception. But you know, try that shit. Um, try that shit at meltdown. They'll f- fucking crucify you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I mean, uh, you get booed off stage. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, roast battle uh, is. Uh, it's a wait. There's this idea of a safe space. Uh, safe space room. I did one in Seattle. Um, there, you know, it's you're not supposed to be homophobic or racist or misogynistic or aggressive. There go my gigs. Yeah, yeah. Safe space, right? Well, your roast battle is a safe space for anything goes. So it's like the anti-safe space, which uh, which is a great lead-in to yeah. what you and Doug Fager, <laughs> right? Did, uh, because, uh, I think- which I guess. I should start off by saying just a little bit about myself as uh, my dad died when I was seven and uh, you'll see how that's related. Uh, so uh, I feel like people, I have a irreverence towards uh, death and uh, 
that most people don't have. Um, well, I mean, it, 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 you know, the, probably the number one question I get, you know, especially after a roast battle in Montreal for people who'd never seen the show and they saw it on TV and, you know, you saw Mike Lawrence making fun of Ralphie Mays divorce. You saw, um, you know, I think uh, a lot of topics, uh, you know, Tony Hinchcliffe and Mark Norman got into a uh, uh, an area, uh, a topic that, you know, some people thought, wow, that's, that's a little overboard. Uh, uh, I know there's been uh, rape jokes in Roast Battle. There's been... Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, and Nicole Buchanan just uh, battled Leah Lamar. In an amazing battle. Great battle, yeah. Nicole was... It was great to see her come into her own. Leah was great, too. They were both fucking... It just it was just a... It was a battle of the night, easily. And uh, they... Uh, they... Uh, she made fun of her suicide. It was less than a month ago. She was in the hospital because she tried to overdose. I mean, it yeah, was, it was like three weeks ago and, and she had to prepare herself for that. And she had a comeback ready, you know, to write a comeback. That's really, people don't understand how empowering roast battle is like, um, when, when, and it's not for everybody, also like and that's fine like yeah, a lot of people have done it where it's like you can tell two jokes in they're like oh boy i don't yeah, like yeah. this yeah yeah and uh one of the things it's almost like a trick is uh when you're enjoying being made fun of and i think that's uh something olivia grace does better than anyone and that makes her so endearing she's so young and so um I don't know. Almost, she almost seems fragile in a way. But, but yeah, when when people are taking shots at her, she's laughing. Like people, people make fun of like the worst things about her. She laughs every time. Well, you uh, have to. Yeah, it's, you it's... you have to enjoy. Also, I think uh, one of the reasons Mike Lawrence is the best at it is because he has this thing um, that most comedians have where. They've had a rough, they've had a rough life, and maybe their perspective is a little darker, a little more depressive than most than the average person. So it's like to have this release, to have this joy. It's like they you you really fucking need it. Like I need, I need, you need it. That's it. You just need this this uh, outlet. Well, I mean, I think the best battlers like Olivia and. Uh... You know, Sartiana is awesome. Uh, you know, are the ones uh, that can laugh. Connor McSpadden's great at, at laughing off uh, anything you say about him or, you know, or her in uh, like Olivia's case, Sarah's. And I think that comes from knowing. I, have to, I think in Roast Battle, you have to be honest with yourself. Right. And. You have to go self-aware. Yeah, and a lot of people aren't. You know, they yeah. think, "Well, I'm fat," but they're not going to do fat jokes. Yeah, of, of course know. they are. Or you know, and in, in, you know, my case, I think I'm the oldest battler in yeah. doing it, other than Dana Snow. I, I, don't, <laughs> I, mean, I love Dana, but you know, I'm not sure if he's uh, germane to this. Uh, I, I think I'm the oldest battler in in the rankings. Yeah. 
So I'd be stupid to think, oh, they're not going to hit me on an age joke. That's going to be the first thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, Olivia knows her, not weak spots, but like roasting uh, blind spots, if you will. And uh, I mean, like, yeah, you have to. Yeah, that's like and what I've been saying, like my line lately has been like, like my my dad died when I was seven. You can't hurt me like you can't. You think a joke is going to hurt me? No. Like, there's no way you can't penetrate, <laughs> you, you know, it's, uh, I've been through worse. Well, yeah, it's like, I've uh, slept on the street. You can't, you just can't, you know, real life hurts. Roast battle is, is joyful. It's a joyful experience. Well, especially like you and Doug like each other. And I mean, are you we're, now, before we get into like, yeah. the, are you guys friends or acquaintances? Uh, we were acquaintances before and we kind of became friends through the process of, uh, you know, exchanging info and stuff. Uh, we hung out a few times. He actually came to the factory where I, uh, where I, uh, where I sleep. Well, I thought you meant the laugh factory. No, no, no. The factory, the actual machine shop, the, uh, the, uh, the non traditional living situation. Um, yeah, he came, he came and checked out. I live in a, a tiny house, uh, behind a factory. So Doug came down to the factory. It was on the border of Vernon, uh, season two of true detective. If you, if you're familiar, that's what it's all factories, industrial Los Angeles, which was a tough season to get through. Right. Yeah. My neighborhood ruined, uh, a season of critically acclaimed show. No, I think the writing did. Uh, right. Well, I heard they, uh, they rushed it out. They put a lot of pressure on them to, um, to rush out of season two cause to capitalize on the success. So, um, well, yeah. season one was so fucking good yeah. that it's like anything. Actually, I still haven't seen either, but. Uh, I mean, season one is like. It, I still want to check it out. It's kind of like The Wire, you know, where yeah. the, the Wire for me anyway was like a slow build. Like everyone kept telling me, Earl, you're going to love this show. And yeah. it's like, you know, I struggled <laughs> to get through the first season. Then I was like, this is the greatest show ever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you know, I traditionally like shitty like <laughs> '80s action movies, like The Perfect Weapon. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. The Perfect, perfect weapon. weapon. We're gonna get back into roast <laughs> talk for a second, but I like. I need to, to know. You do. Uh, it's actually saved on my uh, DVR. Is a karate movie. You know, in the late '80s, you had uh, you know obviously the big action guys Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and then you had kind of the 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 maybe B plus action guys like Seagal and Van Dam, and then you know it was a race to get that next guy out there. And uh, Jeff Speakman, Jeff Speed, master of in real life of Kempo Karate, uh, he was the guy. He was a good looking guy. He's great at uh, Kempo Karate, and uh, they had a movie called The Perfect Weapon where he was the unbeatable. His name sounds like a mad, made-up 80s action star name. <laughs> That's his name. Jeff Speedman. Uh, but, uh, you know, there were so many, you know, Dolph Lundgren, they tried to make yeah, him. Yeah. Like, so it's late 80s. Younger guys really missed out on an era. But let's get back. We'll talk about yeah, Jeff yeah. Speedman. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so what I was setting up is, uh, yeah, my dad died when I was little, and um, D- Doug's, uh, Doug's brother died. Um I want to say about two years ago 
and he's done um, stand up about it. Which, if you don't want something joked about, uh, don't do stand up about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if if you do stand up about something, it's gonna come up in roast battle. But some that's, people might make the argument of that's them, like. You know, I can make fun of my parents dying two months Right, apart. yeah, no, which you is true, can't. which is true. And I did, actually, I asked Doug, uh, you know, I I said, like, are you okay with that? Like, I know it's a sensitive, like, I get, like, like my dad died when I was seven. I understand what it is to lose someone you're very close to um, and have your kind of world torn apart by it. And uh, so I asked him if it was okay, like how he felt about it. And he said, you know, at first I was a little, it was a little upsetting, but uh, now um, I, I'm okay with it, you know? And so, so yeah, I did, I did kind of make sure I also didn't want to do it too much. I didn't want to hit it too much because it seemed like the most joked about subject on him. So I'd rather hit lesser lesser subjects that haven't been, you know, lesser known things. Like I had, I was trying to write an OCD joke about him because at some point he told me he was OCD as a child and it doesn't really affect him anymore. But so I, I wrote a lot of OCD jokes that didn't make the cut. Um, so, so I was trying to write other jokes and then I came up with one dead brother joke, which was Doug's Doug's. I don't know how Doug's brother died, but one thing's for sure, he didn't die laughing, which was my biggest hitting <laughs> joke of the of the whole of the whole match. Um, it should have been my last joke, uh, but I, I burned it in the last joke of the first round. But um, I mean, it's tough to hold back a great joke like. Well, that. also, it's 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 tough. Um, you know, ordering the jokes is always tough. Um, definitely. I lost momentum in that battle at some point. All right. So what I did. <laughs> so let's intro. set this up. You know, if you've never seen roast battle, yeah. uh, go on Periscope. You know, it's Periscoped every Tuesday night. I think it's at roast battle or yeah, at the comedy Periscope, store. At roast battle. Um, you can find out the link on comes up on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, at roast battle on Twitter. You know, they're up for 24 hours. Uh, so, you know, you have to watch them, you know, within that time frame. And uh, yeah. for main events, I guess for undercards too, people do varying degrees of yeah. uh, entrances. They actually, it's harder to do for an undercard because they, you're like, you don't know Coach T. So getting your music through or um, they, they don't, like I asked my first undercard if I could do a music and they just said no. <laughs> Uh, oh really yeah jamar jamar is someone who does undercards like jamar neighbors who's in the wave he'll do a big entrance for undercards because he has that kind of you know he has that sway he has he's the juice well i love uh he's one of my favorites watching oh uh, yeah yeah he's so funny and he's so like he doesn't give a fuck about yeah. about being the best roast battler he just goes up there and, and does jamar you know and it's great always even when he bombs it's hilarious yeah know? i mean he's like, like uh someone who i you know his roast battle uh record maybe isn't the best but right, no. i would rather watch him lose a roast battle than watch some people win yeah no i uh, that makes total sense to me i mean you know he's uh 
because he does it with such a smile on his face. Well, it's just yeah, he's he's having the most fun in the room, and it's it's contagious that kind of that kind of joy. So yeah, so and he's also he does he does his great entrances. That's that's that was the entrance to beat in my mind was the one where he turned water into wine. See, I remember the one he did as Hannibal Lecter. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I actually wasn't there for the the one I'm talking about and that's one of the reasons why because I heard I've heard about it so many times. You know, it has such a reputation. The Hannibal Lecter one um I don't think I saw, I think I might have saw it on Periscope. I mean, it was just like yeah. he kind of got wheeled out on like a gurney. Yeah. And he's got the the half pocky, almost goalie mask on. And he's got this wild look in his eyes, just like <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even remember who he was battling. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, too. Yeah. And it's risky to. Right. To because these... you don't want to bomb in your intro. That's then you're then you're fucked. <laughs> I mean, or like kill your intro and then it's like you've you think, set the standards you can't follow so, yourself yeah. yeah which i've seen a lot and i think yeah. usually i don't like to mention names you know <laughs> just because they're not here but he's been a guest on inappropriate earl and he's an awesome dude great comic great roaster but guam felix right sometimes has been guilty of doing these crazy intros and then having a good battle but after a, a great amazing intro you can't just have a good battle right you gotta that's even i i used to do this character um whatever i did i did a character and it was really popular um in the alt scene but it's also it's just popular amongst comics love it so uh any show with comics in the crowd uh it would and i one time i did a set where i did the character for like three or four minutes and then I tried to do stand up after and I just couldn't follow it. Like I couldn't follow myself. Yeah. I mean, it was just impossible. Uh, you know, roast battles, like since it is at the end of the day, a joke writing showcase, I think you'll be judged right. more severely on <laughs> the quality of your jokes, whether you have a good, bad or really no entrance. Right. You know, I mean, Pat Barker just walks up to the stage. Right. He actually was one um, that was interesting because he had also, in my Quentin Mascaratolo roast, I did this thing where I mispronounced his name differently every joke. Uh, I called him Chicken Taquito Loco one time. I called him Quincy Mesothelioma. Uh, it was one of my favorites. And like, I, uh, it was a, it's, that's definitely like an alty thing to do that would be considered alt i think it's just silly it's just an absurd silly thing and my last name is bartoloni so that's how i know that the every mc mispronounces it well i wanted to call you bartolone just yeah, yeah. that's how i like right yeah which is how it looks it. yeah and you know then i also reason, i've hosted mics and so like when you're Hosting open mics, you're gonna mispronounce a couple names. There's no way around it, except in, unless you go up and ask everyone how to. And even then, it's confusing, you know, because yeah. there's the way you you read it. I mean, it's all there. It's like learn this new language in two seconds, you know. Uh, it's crazy, but but yeah. So like, I I'm, I did that thing, which was kind of alty. I did the T-shirt that said "Giant Killer." Uh, 
which uh an ode to randy orton to a degree uh <laughs> yeah, legend yeah. killer uh i was thinking shane o'mac when he did uh the feud with big show shane o'mac i mean i'll give shane him O'Mac. for a billionaire he didn't have to take those bumps yeah yeah no he, he's a He's legit. Yeah, that that mania bump off the top of the cage. Like, I mean, you, you know, he took a foley bump. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't have to. This guy was, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to be like Trump and he could him. collect paychecks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's like pretty close to a billionaire if he isn't. And uh, I kind of uh, admire his. You know, he wants to make I the mean, product the best. Right, there. Vince. Vince did it first too. Uh, just becoming a performer in the ring was like a crazy thing to do um as some people might be like uh that it's just his fantasy and he got to live it out because he owns the business but he you know he took and vince took some shots he's taken some chair shots and some his feud with austin oh i mean yeah. even stephanie i was watching uh right yeah billy and chuck's gay wedding which is just <laughs> it's just my favorite uh, swerve angle of all time <laughs> and I've had Bischoff on this podcast and uh, he told me that nobody knew he was the minister like Stephanie knew and that was it no one in the ring knew that that was Eric Bischoff and the and you know Umaga puts what well, I, I guess he was uh, was new Umaga at the time uh, put Stephanie in his finishing move and dropped her hard like i give the mcmahon's this they will do what it takes to yeah, make the yeah. angle work i i was one time i saw raw where kane tombstone linda on the on the stage uh do you want more water yeah sure yeah. i'll take some so water. i'm gonna ask you a long-winded question all right if you hear I'll, something should i do i'll talk about the intro yeah yeah so yeah, let me set yeah, it up okay. and if you hear something in the background <laughs> audience it's the ice making machine because full disclosure as you know uh my uh condo uh can get hot and i feel bad yeah. when the guests are here and there's you know tony's <laughs> not sweating but like you know I i'm getting i'm getting there no one will ever top uh irish jay hollandsworth who <laughs> literally probably dropped uh 70 pounds in water weight when he did the podcast but uh so you know i know we're kind of scrambling around me and tony because we i mean me and tony could talk all day about wrestling and roast battle uh you know me and tony obviously huge wrestling fans yeah. and i think we are I, I don't like talking about myself but like i think me and tony along with uh maybe jamar are known for great entrances so <laughs> Tony's battling Doug Fager. Now you have, and Doug's one of the top roasters. Uh, just, top, a, just a monster. I mean, uh, which goes to show you sometimes the rankings aren't 100% uh, not accurate, but I mean, Doug's a top not five conclusive. Yeah. Uh I mean, Doug could beat anyone in the top five. Uh, For sure. Uh, you might have problems with the number two ranked battler, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Uh, so now that you know uh, Doug and Tony had a battle a couple weeks ago, you know Doug's backstory about the brother. Uh, tell us about uh, when you <laughs> thought of the entrance, uh, how it uh, came about, uh, the planning of it, and go. All right, yeah. So what happened is um, when I did when I did my first main event, I I was like, what do I do? What do I do that's different? What do I do uh, that sets me apart from? Because at that point, there has been millions of battles. You know, I don't know how many, but it's got to be up at least in the thousands. And uh, 
I wanted to uh, do something different, and um, I didn't want to do a big entrance because um, I don't know. I just I, I I wanted it to be about the ba- the actual battle. So so I won that battle, and then going into my second main event, I was just like. Um, all right, I got to go all out with the entrance. You know, I'm a huge wrestling fan, as we mentioned. I got to, I got to do a big entrance. So I, I, uh, I hit up Mike Schmidt and Nat Baymel. Nat Baymel's also a big wrestling fan, so he was psyched to like hear about an intro. And I said, uh, I, I said, what, what ideas do we got? And I started talking to Mike Schmidt. And Mike Schmidt's one of these guys who's just like a mad scientist when it comes to comes to comedy. He's just like uh, he's crazy. He's uh, he's very creative. He's very um, very much like anything is possible. What not what can we pull off, but uh, what's the furthest we can go with an idea? So he he has some crazy ideas. First, he wants he wants to find me a body double to enter and to do like a switch. So everyone thinks there's a I come out in the giant killer shirt and like a hoodie, like I'm like a boxing match intro, and then that guy is not actually me, right? So we find it, and I asked Pat Barker to do it, and he said no. He goes I'm. Uh, because I thought, you know, he, he has, he's a pretty good body double for me. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I would yeah. say, uh, that'd be a good choice. Yeah. But he wouldn't, he, there's no way he was down. So the idea was that we were going to do this intro where, uh, Nat and, and, and Dan Nolan come out dancing and then, um, somehow they were going to, we were going to conceal a trash can coming in the back door and they were going to do this reveal that we had this whole idea. Uh, Mike had this idea of uh, having a sand uh, being presented with a $5 foot long and then having the guy fuck it instead of eating it and then take a bite and do like a mayonnaise drop like like he had jizzed in the sandwich and then get a stomach ache and shit out a baby. That was the original <laughs> And then they were going to throw the baby in the trash or they were going to have Haiti come out and hold it up and play the Lion King, you know, <laughs> circle of life, Lion King moment, and then throw the baby in the trash can and then do some tribal kind of raising the dead, uh, I don't know, Bushman dance. And, and I was going to come out of the trash can as if that was my, uh, inception or my conception or whatever. So that was getting real complicated. <laughs> that was uh I'd lost it just Yeah, no, that was in, like, it was in, have to do a dog. That was insane, right? So I'm I'm starting to get super stressed out. I'm making t-shirts, uh, you know, <laughs> different t-shirts. I was trying to make a hoodie that's a giant killer and I was just getting way too stressed. And I, I was like, we got to simplify this. And then I'm in my, I go in my, my tiny house and I see, um, this Frank head that I made for Halloween two years ago. And Frank is a giant paper mache head. He was a real guy in England. He was a kind of a musician slash performance artist slash comedian. You could look him up on YouTube. Frank, um, He's, he's, uh, he's, his show's kind of brilliant. He did it. He had a couple pilot talk shows for the BBC 
Um, there's one that actually takes place in a shack. In fact, uh, Frank's something shack or whatever. No, he's, he has a giant paper mache head. Oh, uh, wait. I think it's... Uh, I'm just looking this up. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, Michael Fassbender played him in the movie. They made a fictional movie about a real guy. Anyways, I made this Frank head for Halloween. It was a lot of work making this giant paper mache head and painting it and everything. So I'm like, we got to do that. We got to use the Frank head. Um, and then I got the idea because we kept talking about putting a sheet over the trash can and we built this prop trash can out of a shipping drum. Again, I live behind a factory. So we had this big shipping drum. We painted it silver and we cut the bottom out so I could walk in it. Right. Um, and then I couldn't fit. I couldn't duck inside the trash can. It wasn't big enough for to fit my giant fat body inside. So, uh, so I, uh, I had the idea to, um, come out as the ghost of Doug's dead brother. <laughs> uh, and the idea really was just to make the trash can more of a reveal than to just walk out in a trash can. Um, and then the trash can thing, um, that comes from me being borderline homeless. And, uh, I thought maybe Doug, usually people, that's something that is most, that's probably the most joked about subject for me actually. And my previous battles, it's your living situation, living situation, homeless or yeah. Uh, I remember Quentin made like a homeless joke followed by EBT joke dumpster diving joke. So it was kind of a deflection in a way. And I mean, just also, I mean, it just is who I am. I'm like a, a trash can, whatever. So, I mean, in, in a way, like I thought it was, um, it was funny that my favorite, uh, Chappelle joke, my favorite stand up bit probably of all time is that Chappelle bit about Oscar the Grouch. Right. And uh, he says, uh, you wonder why we have the attitude towards homeless people that we do in this country when we have shows like Sesame Street and they're like, Oscar, you're such a grouch. It's like, bitch, I live in a fucking trash can. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I don't know, it's true. And I really do believe in that um, changing people's perspective about homelessness. And I do a lot of material in my stand up about homeless you know, being homeless and homeless people and stuff. So in a way it was actually, it's, it's kind of a vulnerable thing, uh, in a weird way, a very absurd Muppet esque way, <laughs> but it's a great way to deflect, right. the to deflect upcoming, the joke, uh, yeah, which yeah. is another, like, I think key element of roast battle is beating them to the punch. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like, uh, that's a great thing about like Olivia, you know, she knows that, you know, maybe a body image joke and she's not, I mean, she's hot, you, yeah. you know, but you know, for roast battle, you're, she's not going to go up there with no makeup on. Right. She'll, she, she'll do a makeup joke about herself yeah, 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 or, a you know, her body. You get it. And the, 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 the stupid part about that was that Doug didn't make a single homeless joke the whole time. Uh, but didn't that fuck with your head though? Because you, in your head, you got to think it's coming. Right. Yeah. 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 Which I think is another important uh, <laughs> strategical, uh, you know, 
thing like i try and do like when i battled keith i, d- I don't think i did one direct fat joke yeah or you know olivia yeah you don't want to do what they're expecting you to do because then that fucks with their head yeah like yeah, if yeah. someone doesn't do an age joke to me i'm like i know it's coming and so you're thinking when's an it age coming rebuttal. you're waiting for it yeah and it never comes so i mean it's it's i try and explain this show to people this because I think a lot of people watch it and just think it's a yo mama like right yeah improv. there's a there's a lot of um a ton of strategy involved. and 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 preparation um so yeah so I came out as the ghost of and I even asked Schmidt we were talking on the phone probably on a daily basis we'd talk in the morning I'd be up all night cuz that's just my rock and roll lifestyle I just stay up all night and get sleep sleep during the day or whatever and so uh i'd call him he was in wisconsin doing doing some doing some shows some feature headlining work out there uh in the midwest and so i would call him in the morning and and we'd talk about the entrance for probably a few days in a row you know just talk for like an hour and uh yeah so so i was like how do i convey that it's the ghost of De- Doug's dead brother, and he's like literally just right on a sign, the ghost of De- Doug's dead brother or whatever. So I did. I made like a name tag, um, uh, hi, ni- uh, hi, nice to meet you, whatever. You know, hello, my name is uh, Greg Fager, Dead's Doug's dead brother. <laughs> Which is probably smart to do from the standpoint of there's a lot of new people now at Roast Battle in right. terms of the crowd. <laughs> uh, you know, 30, 40% of the crowd might not have known Doug had a dead brother. Right. And uh, also, well, yeah. Or has. Uh, Keith, Keith came up to me after Keith Carey and he said uh, that was one of the meanest things I've ever seen at Roast Battle, which I don't think is necessarily accurate, but... It's I, up there, dude. It's it didn't. Up there. It didn't even occur to me that it was mean. I thought it was silly. More, <laughs> and I, uh, man. I mean, I'm. I guess I'm. My uh, my point of view is a little slanted, and like I said, you know, I'm dealing with death at a very early age just probably distorts your worldview a bit. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I also I also had the uh, I did the fuck fager hashtag, which eventually caught on. I think I did about a month out. I I hashtag every post on social media hashtag fuck fager, and uh, that uh, that somehow at first I thought it was a big mistake, and I was like I just drove down my popularity uh, on social media. Not that I have any to start with, but people don't like this and they're going to get annoyed real quick. But then I just doubled down on it and people started, you know, people started using it in comments and stuff and it ended up working out. Um, and, uh, and I, people even want, encourage me to continue it after, after the battle. I still have, a, I think tweets on a word document on my computer, <laughs> Uh, fa- fuck Fager tweets that I never used. How many jokes did you write uh, for Doug? For Doug, um, I tried to refine the process because for Quentin, I probably wrote over a hundred jokes, um, and I, I it became a mind fuck at the end, choosing whittling down the list and choosing jokes. 
Uh, Olivia is someone I go to because I think she understands my voice, you know? Right. And having more of all maybe background a little bit, uh, or she just gets it, you know? Whereas like this time I did, I, I worked with Anna a lot and with, with Pat, you know, just kind of running jokes by them. And I don't think they do get my, my, my style and my voice as well as like, like I said, like Olivia or even Keith gets it a little more. So it was like, it was interesting. Um, I probably wrote, I would, what I was trying to do is not write down every joke I came up with. Right. So like, I probably ended up writing like 40 or 50 this time and then whittling that down and then, you know, workshopping those. I didn't do, um, for Quentin, I did a lot of open mics too. And even Michael, which people are, uh, there's different opinions about running jokes at mics for roast battle. I mean, uh, it's tough. I don't like doing it myself. Yeah. Just Cause it's, uh, it's strange. I mean, I'm lucky enough to, uh, you know, get spots at the comedy store. So if it's a late night spot and, you know, I, I feel the crowds, you know, might be into it. I'll do them there. Yeah. Yeah. Which does help float them out. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I like I like doing it. I'll say this to uh, on the pro side of doing it is I probably wouldn't have done the name thing with Quentin had I not tested it at Mike's and people went apeshit for it. You know, at, that was great at open, but at open mic at the open mics they and people don't like. I feel like people don't like hearing roast bat, roast jokes roast battle jokes at uh, Mike's. I actually like it because a lot of comedians at Mike's don't do any jokes. <laughs> so, yeah. So when, uh, when of you, any kind, yeah, of any, any of any variety. So when you see someone say, Oh, here's, I got some roast bat. I'm doing the roast battle. I'm like, yeah, here we go. Here. We're going to hear some fucking jokes and they just rattle off, you know, 10 to 20 jokes. And it's great. Uh, like I, I love that because, uh, you know, they're like one-liner jokes, uh, short, concise jokes. Um, like when I, even when I go up at a mic, I'll uh, I'll I'll rant or I'll uh, I'll riff a lot, and it's actually interesting running roast jokes because you can't really riff on them too much. Like if if I'm having a bad set, like my materials not going great, I'll just riff it out. You know. And that's, you know, it's a, it's what I've learned to do when, when a sets, when they're not into what you're saying, you gotta, you gotta change your direction or, or give them something or do crowd work or whatever. But when you're running roast jokes, you're like locked into it. You can't, you can't be like, all right, well, let's tongue anyone from out of town. You know, you can't really switch up like that. You're, you're just locked into running them and you just have to bomb with them or live or die by them. Well, I think it helps that the crowd knows who you're roasting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I think it helps having a picture of the person. Uh, usually. Yeah, I mean, I've like, found anyway. I know for uh, my battle with Olivia M- Monsoor, uh, he was doing uh, a show at uh, what was it? Echoes Under Sunset. And yeah, he, yeah. He let me run cartoon the graveyard. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. which is no longer there. Uh, anymore echoes uh, yeah i think it went under but uh it helped me to do it there because everyone knew who olivia was right yeah yeah so, that's you know, that's one of her rooms i think 
if you have to explain to the audience, hey, this person is this. They also even explain the show. This is what roast battle is. There's and- a lot of people, uh, like you know, when I would do it uh, late night at the comedy, so I'd be like, yeah, we're, we do the show up in the belly room. Yeah. It's you know, it's we say really mean things about each other, but we we we're don't fr- mean it. And yeah. then you're. Doing- you know, ripping into someone. They're like, this isn't funny. Yeah. They're like this person. What did this person do to you? And then that fucks with my head, you know? Right, right, and yeah. So it's, that's what I asked Hooper after his last battle, if he did mics, cause he would always do mics. Um, and he said, he said he did two or three and that was it just to kind of hear them out loud. And which is uh, important. Yeah. And uh, Jay, Jay does them to, um, he said it helps him memorize, uh, which is which is something I struggle with, honestly, um, and part of it's just the uh, the uh, I don't know the just the stress of the whole show. Well, it is a stressful yeah. fucking show. Which it's is, very intense. You know, uh, no, you know. I think outside of Jimmy Carr, no one, <laughs> you know, right. maybe uh, uses. Uh, you know, notes or, you know, yeah. I mean, some beginning roasters will use yeah. their phone, which you know, I don't like. I don't like seeing that shit on stage. Even when Aziz does it, uh, Aziz and sorry, he'll use his phone. Uh, I think he used his phone like on a special even. Well, I kind of think that's funny. I mean, yeah, in yeah. terms of that, but like just the context, just of it. like, hey, you know what? I'm going to use my phone on my special. Yeah. Deal with it. Uh but like I don't yeah, think yeah. I don't like like there was a battle I think last week uh, two new uh, battlers and one was just straight reading from his phone and he was stumbling and stuttering and uh, yeah it's just they, like put the slight I mean like I do cards I write them out on cards uh, you know keywords set I'll write out a set list on cards on uh, index cards and uh, I try to make as little. Sh- you know, do it as slightly as possible. Put them off to the, put them on the stool, and only reference them when I need to. Yeah, I mean uh, it's that. That's not so bad, you know. But, but yeah, you try to, you try to, yeah, you don't want to make them think that you're doing it for the first time or uh, you're unprepared or it's it is a performance. So if the if you're reading off a paper, the performance isn't quite. Yeah, there. I mean like. Uh, even on my battle with Keith Carey, we both had 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we both, I would have loved to have a sheet of paper up there with me, but yeah. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to memorize these four jokes. And th- I like that wild card element of both people, you know, risking, I might fumble a word. And- yeah. Which, which is, uh, uh, great. It's, it was a great, that was such a great battle because, it was so much, and I remember too a lot. A lot of the audience left, so a lot of the uh, the people from the back came and sat down in the uh, in the audience and were so game for it. Well, I was petrified, but you yeah. Know, but I liked the, you know, and it works against you sometimes, like against Jimmy Carr. I, I just stumbled on one word yeah. and it ruined the joke. But uh, it was, um, you know, I. It's high risk, high reward to memorize your shit. Yeah, it's and I think the next battle I do, I want to, I want to try to do completely memorized because it's. I think it it may have hurt me a little bit uh, in this last one with Doug uh, having having the cards. Well, and, it's, I think you lose that. 
that spontaneity of uh yeah like i am like everyone's different you know we all have different styles and like you know i have a game plan of what jokes i want to use and but then i find if the other person does a joke i wasn't either prepared for or whatever i just go straight into rebuttals yeah uh so i you know just try and memorize 20 jokes and mix and match them yeah it's it is and it like i said like setting the order and anticipating how the audience is going to react and anticipating what's my strongest you want to like close strong you know obviously uh that's the uh, old rule of comedy in general open strong close strong uh but uh it's 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 difficult because i uh like this battle my last two jokes uh kind of ate shit and uh i didn't expect them to obviously and i stand by them i still like i still like them i still think they're good jokes it was just maybe i didn't set them up right or you know the narrative that's something i think about too that i don't hear a lot of people talk about is when you're What's interesting to me about doing roast battle is you're telling a story of another person through nine jokes or whatever, you know, it's, it's you're so it's, I feel like there is like, like a story. There's like a, here's, here's, you introduce the character and you say, here's what he's done through his life. And here's like, here's his story. And, uh, I don't know. That's, that's just something I've thought of to make it interesting. And that's why, like, uh, like I talked to Mike Schmidt a lot, who, uh, who's like, who's a great battler. Oh, he's, like, uh, he's very, he's, good. he's a joke machine too. Like if you watch him, even his stand up, he just does, he just rattles off one liners and he's so, so unique and, um, twisted and weird and cerebral though at and, the and same yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very smart. Um, just very like, and uh, you know, he he's, he's like makes a decision. I'm gonna do this, and uh, he doesn't care about like <laughs> even the rules. It's at some point, but like you know, he doesn't care about like uh, I don't like. I'm much more like like I said. I want to tell a story of this person, and I want it to be accurate. And Mike doesn't really give a shit about that. He just wants it to be. Uh, funny and mean and and weird and whatever um like his battle with madison uh he did all slut jokes basically which is risky yeah 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 he does and that's what he does he'll pick one subject and write four jokes i mean he'll write a million jokes about it and then pick the best four or whatever or even it's like three now they do in undercards so so like uh, with Madison, yeah, he just wrote slut slut joke after slut joke, and uh, she's not even like it's not even who she is really. Like she's she's just she's actually kind of shy, and um, you know, socially awkward a little bit, uh, and anxious. You know, if you've ever met her. Oh, she's, she's awesome. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah, she's really smart, and uh, I mean gorgeous and whatever but she she's not like a after that battle she actually got like she said like she got a lot of like unsolicited dick pics and stuff and like not from me by the way i did yeah, not yeah. do that <laughs> me neither um but you know she 
she was like, she got a little bit of harassment because people were like, oh, she's a, you know, they, they b- believed Mike's jokes well, about I mean, her. These fucking comics up there. Are animals, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, you, for sure. Yeah. I mean, do you guys really think Madison's going to bone any of you? Cause you got a dick <laughs> pic, you fucking dummies. Yeah. You know, she's not, but whatever, but yeah, whatever it is like, it's, it's, uh, I'm much more concerned with telling it being accurate. And I think there's something to that when you really, when you say something about someone and they're like, it's just the truth. There's a power to the truth of, you know, when you really nail it, a piece of information, a really personal joke about someone. But there's, you know, there's also the risk of like the judges. Like I know Eliza, when she judges, she doesn't like sludge. No. Yeah. And that's what, even if they're true. Quentin is battling Madison and she he's trying to not write any slut jokes. So we'll see how that happens. I mean, it's, you, you know, know, I said I wasn't going to do dead brother jokes and then I entered the stage as the ghost of his dead brother. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you never, uh, <laughs> you know, you got to go at the end of the day with, with what is going to get you the biggest laugh and yeah, be the know. most entertaining. I wouldn't want to deprive the audience of, Doug's dead brother. I mean, he knows that's coming. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, Hooper knows dry skin jokes are coming. Barker knows fat jokes are coming. Uh, His, uh, he's not fat. When, when Dan when Dan did the uh, miscarriage joke. Yeah, he knows that's... that's that, I mean, Dan, Dan had that piece of information and he had that joke. I think that might have been the first joke that he wrote about him. And he, that was the battle for him, you know? I mean, you can win a joke or win a battle on, uh, if you have like one all-star home run grand slam. That's what, yeah. Keith said, uh, Keith said, if I would have switched my first and last round, I, I might've been able to take that battle. But it's tough though. Like, yeah. you know, I've seen, you know, to me, you got to go with your best jokes up front and, Cause you don't know if there's going to be a third round. Like, right. Right. Yeah. If you, if you lose two rounds in a row, that's you're out it. and you could be sitting on three. It bombers. doesn't, it doesn't happen often, but it has happened. No, but I mean, what was that uh, battle? Uh, what Jay light and Hooper, uh, where uh, I don't know if it just seemed this way or it happened, <laughs> but their third round was the best round. It's like, you know, I think everyone was like, where were these jokes in the first two rounds? Right. So yeah. uh, it's definitely an element. I mean, ideally you want every round to be fucking great. And oh, yeah. And that's the way I arranged. I, I I put, I took my three best jokes and put one in each round or so I thought. And then, um, but yeah, it is, it's confused. It's, uh, it could be confusing picking out the right jokes, picking out and like, like, I think in the past I, I I paid more attention to what what is the narrative I'm setting up, you know, and does that fit in the narrative, you know? Like with Quentin, it was like suicide jokes. Those were that was like the main narrative. So as anything, it should be. Yeah, anything that like, uh, even like uh, I try to write jokes about his girlfriend who's dating his best friend, his ex girlfriend, and that became a suicide joke, you know. <laughs> Because it just, it's just what, uh, I don't know. It was like the, the story of him. You yeah. Know? I mean, you he's can, a 21 year old kid 
he doesn't have he's tall it's hard to write tall jokes about someone because then it's like oh look at you the envy of all society or whatever he's tall young good looking dude yeah uh but uh white no well i mean that's always the trump card in these uh pardon the uh on the uh, eve of the presidential debates, uh, I mean, this really tonight yeah. is really the ultimate roast battle with uh, <laughs> Trump and Clinton. They should have a house. I should be at the haters table. Uh, yeah, so. you should. You should do it. Lester Holt. Oh, why don't they? Uh, my invite must have gotten lost in the mail. But, uh, <laughs> you know, tonight should be fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, I'm not the most politically. Uh, involved person i mean this election has been pretty crazy Uh, it's really been a and and i think it's involved a lot of people who have been um whatever complacent or you know uh content not to be involved in the past well it's just so you have probably uh maybe in the history of uh presidential elections the two most unlikable candidates ever yeah no matter what side of the aisle you're on and they're both so unlikable that the other person has a chance to win. You, you know, it's like if the Republicans had anyone likable, they'd be killing it. And same thing with the Democrats. Like, yeah, it's a, a a heel. It's weird yeah. to have two heels in the main event. You like, know, ultra heels. Like, yeah, yeah. They both have like unlikable ratings of like six in mid sixties, which like any like candidate like say a Romney. Uh, you know he's maybe 30 percent don't like him you know but this is yeah. double uh you know obama i think 30 percent didn't like him uh you know reagan and so on and he's black yeah and so like, dude when the black guy is getting light-skinned but still i mean yeah you want to see high unlikable ratings for a black candidate make him like ultra dark uh, like a dikembe matumbo uh <laughs> you know and uh, ben carson he acted white so i don't think people really yeah people thought. i mean people didn't like him for other reasons i would have voted for him if yeah. he would have been a little more uh like Anything? he just seemed so disinterested like so like, bored all the time yeah it's like obviously he's incredibly smart you're you know i mean trump called him an average brain surgeon though, but my take is <laughs> There are no average brain surgeons. You are either good at brain <laughs> surgery or you don't do it. Um, right. So that's something. Yeah, it's like all. there's bad comics, but you know. Yeah, who have TV shows and stuff. Oh yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and podcasts. And <laughs> saying you have a podcast now is like saying you breathe oxygen. Uh, yeah. But and you know, but. what are you gonna do just try and make yours the best you can so yeah uh and i'm trying just a little podcast that could a couple thousand downloads a week can i what did you uh so did you see did you see you saw the doug battle on periscope i did okay i mean very close i mean uh, what did you think about it yeah because it's a it is an interesting perspective periscope versus being there live i mean live uh yeah it's it's like any battle is mm-hmm. is better live you know it's like seeing kiss in concert right yeah. you know you watch a kiss video on tv or uh listen to one of their albums you're like oh, this is okay uh, but you see them live do the same song you're like this is the greatest band ever yeah. um uh you know i periscope uh is it's the next best thing you know if you can't be there uh yeah. i mean the, i didn't get the 
Like the entrance was unbelievable. Like yeah. even on Periscope, like, wow. yeah, yeah, and it doesn't do it quite. It doesn't quite do it justice, but it's it's still it still plays because people got to understand. You know, which you know, it's usually Jay Light, who's a, an awesome roaster, top top ten dude, uh, and a great comic. You know, he's usually at the helm of the Periscope. Uh, you know, the belly room during roast battle is not exactly professionally lit, right? Uh, no, you know, it's not like we have that. A- was great when you, they did road to roast battle, it was crazy seeing the lights. And oh, the- yeah, I mean, that was like the, you know, lighting, they had like a lighting rig, and yeah. you know, uh, you know, so if you want to see what the belly room looks like professionally lit, go on, uh, I think it's cc.com, Comedy Central, uh website and then and watch the road to roast battle episode because then you you know the judges look you know all professionally lit which they were and the battlers looked great i mean high def it's hard to make some of us look good (laughs) uh you know and uh but you know for the periscope feed it it's got that grungy feel i guess yeah you can't really see the judges uh, yeah uh and the you know Which I guess is, battlers you know Jay Light it's basically for those of you who don't see him he's got one hand on the stage so he's right there yeah uh, yeah and Troy he's Conrad amazing. on pictures is unbelievable oh yeah and he got some great uh, pictures of our battle I was really it was really cool to see him uh, he got a good picture of the ghost he he got a good picture of me making it rain uh, from the trash can yeah I mean. Uh, uh, but on Periscope, I mean, it was a super close battle. And, yeah. and like, I mean, I thought Doug barely won because he finished a little stronger. Right. No, but, totally. uh, you know, I mean, Keith might have been right if you switched out. the. But, you know, it's like I hate saying stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I got in my head about it, of course. It was my first loss. And, uh, I was, so I was trying to figure out where it went wrong and everything. Uh, I felt like, uh, there was a little bit, I did felt, I felt a little sabotaged with the judges. Uh, Tony asked where the trash can was going. Like, like what's the payoff, which was, uh, you know, it was just an absurd thing to be battling from inside it you know i became a muppet on stage <laughs> but i mean that's you know that's an element that doesn't get uh, talked about a lot yeah. is you know certain judges and what they value uh, right i did feel a little bit like they resented me just a bit for for being theatrical and who were the judges that night costa tony hinchcliffe uh michael costa kirk fox and sarah tiana and I would think at that group, now those are some amazing joke writers, all and, four of them. And yeah, two amazing battlers also. I mean, I would think that they would appreciate theatrics. Yeah, uh, I don't know that they did. And also, I mean, Tony's close with Doug, and that was clear. He made that clear. Um, he well, said, I don't know if he is after Doug no, uh, slammed No, him. he is. Uh, Doug. He said Doug's his favorite battler in during our battle <laughs> um and then uh yeah no tony asked where the trash can bit was going kirk fox uh between the second and third round told me to get out of the trash can uh he encouraged me to get out and then keith i was actually glad keith they yelled out uh uh you die in that fucking can or something like that right yeah and i was like all right yeah i'm gonna stay in i'm not 
So there was like this, but there was, it was a fun element to like, uh, like it had never happened before also. Um, it definitely raised the bar of entrances. Yeah. Uh, well, know. also, yeah, people don't realize the the work uh, too. Like Nat uh, Nat Baymel, who played Frank in the entrance, he came to my house and we had to like work it out. Like we rehearsed it and played the song and we like went through it step by step and you know figured it out. And I've directed uh, theater before and shit like that, so so that comes in handy having staged things. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, it's, it is, it is some, some, you know, you, to, to figure the shit out, not just say, you know, I feel, I get the feeling like a lot of people are like, Hey, come be in my entrance real quick. Right. You know, whereas we, we much more like fine tuned it and had Mike Schmidt who works at the store. He, uh, orchestrated the lights, the lighting for that. <laughs> I mean, the stakes are high up there now. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, yeah. At my last, the, the my first main event, everyone from Comedy Central was there. Yeah. I mean, that's a big. You everyone. Know, you know, you talk about game changers. These are people who could literally, one phone call, they could help Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I need it. Yeah. So I who mean, doesn't, bro? I live in a fucking trash can. I mean, I still need yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, that's the, you know, this. I compare the roast battle judging to. Uh, a lot of times like MMA judging, uh, which, yeah. uh, you know, do you, uh, you follow MMA at all? Like UFC? Uh, not really. My brother's real into it, but. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's some fights are, uh, you know, it depends what the judges value, you know, like yeah. if, you, if you're uh, a judge from say a wrestling background and uh, you have one guy constantly taking the other guy down or girl, uh, you know, takedowns are very valued by a wrestling judge. Whereas yeah. if you like boxing and striking, you're like, eh, that doesn't mean a lot to me. Right, right, so, right. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I might be the ultimate example of, uh, you know, judging in, in terms of my battle with Jimmy Carr, where, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Rogen just did not like Jimmy Carr reading from the clipboard. Just, right. Yeah. I remember. It. I remember what Kimmel said. Uh, he said, uh, "You look like you're reading off a clipboard." That's and then exactly. Jimmy. And yeah, he said, I'm, "That's exactly. It looks that way because that's exactly what I'm doing." And then uh, he said, "You look like you were tearing them from your soul, <laughs> tearing your jokes from your soul." <laughs> but you know, if you sub out Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Rogen for say Sarah Silverman and Judd Apatow. They probably wouldn't have cared about the clipboard, right? Yeah. So it's. I mean, Jimmy Carr is, uh, you know, he obviously he likes the show and uh, he likes doing it, but he doesn't need it really. Oh uh, no, but he's competitive. Yeah. I mean, I could. See oh yeah, him. yeah, yeah. I could. Uh, and he's great. He's one of the best joke writers uh, that exists, I think. And couldn't be any nicer. Like before oh, yeah. and after the battle, hugging me and you know just very nice things to say and like. That's good to hear. I think yeah, it's like I think people think. You know, it's like a wrestling character. Most wrestling well, yeah, he's he's very uh, he is a a, offensive and um, almost a Rick Martel, the model. <laughs> you know, Ted DiBiase uh, type of I'm better than arrogant. You. Yeah, yeah, but he's the furthest thing from arrogant. He's so nice and like yeah. uh, even uh, in the live finale, he came and was like helping all of us like just feel more relaxed. And so he's just the complete opposite of his character. But the judging is. 
you know, like, uh, you know, Sarah Silverman doesn't like age jokes. So I was very... Uh, well, yeah, after her, when she uh, roasted James Franco. Right. She got... And she's not old. She's not... And she doesn't look old. No, she looks like in her 20s. But yeah. for the sake of ro not roast battle, but like, you know, those comedy central roasts, she's going to be called old, you know, and yeah. like Sarah Tiana's not old, but, you know, for, you know, roast battle... Compared I, to Olivia Grace or, uh, you know, or, you know... Yeah, and, and you know, uh, so, but I was very aware of don't do any age jokes against Tiana because Silverman's judging. She's not going to like it. Right. Uh, which might have been a mistake on my part because I, <laughs> I let off with an abortion joke that, you know, it didn't bomb, but it didn't do great. And, uh, uh, whereas a strong age joke, you know, might have, uh, Sarah Silverman might have said, well, I don't like the topic, but that's a great joke. Yeah. So it is interesting. Yeah. Because like I said, with Schmidt, he, he did, uh, with, with, uh, his battle with Heather, he did all fat jokes, but he did the best fucking fat jokes I've ever heard. Yeah. And Heather even, wants, you know, yeah. Heather Marulli, not fat, yeah, but no. for this show, she will be labeled that. Yeah. And again, again, yeah, you can't have any caveats. You can't have, you gotta have, you gotta be self-aware. You gotta be, uh, you can't let them hurt you on anything. Or you have to at least give the appearance of it not hurting you. Well, you yeah. Know, you have to, have, <laughs> you know, you talk about uh, having a poker face. Like, you have to, uh, you know, just, you know, Connor's probably the best at it, Olivia. and, and uh, Connor has a poker face. Connor's a great poker face where you can do, uh, He's you just know, dead -eyed. <laughs> a, mo a molestation joke and he'll just look at you like, is that all you got? Right. Uh, which, you know, fucks with the other person because you're like, oh, I thought that would hurt him. Uh, mm, I'm, I'm in big trouble now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's such an element. Yeah, I, I definitely like, uh, I don't know. I was ready to, for the, I was ready to defend myself in the Quentin roast just because so many people had given me advice to not do uh not do the name switch thing and uh all that so i was i was almost ready for it to bomb and i said you know what fuck it i'm gonna do it anyway and the defense was you know of like you know why would i do it the same way everyone's done it since the show started years ago you know i just don't i my favorite wrestler uh for my money was mick foley uh he was just he was just my guy and the interesting thing about Foley um, is that he's not—he's not an athlete. He's kind of a non-athlete, <laughs> you know. He's and he etched out his own way of wrestling. And uh, I think people don't really talk about he—he's uh, the the way he forms a match, you know, the way he—I uh, don't know—the way the the story of his matches. There's always a great fucking story there. So yeah. that's, 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 I think maybe some of the influence, uh, with me is like, I'm much more interested in the story of it, uh, than, you know, like you could be, um, I don't know, like Shawn Michaels is a great all around wrestler and he does crazy bumps and he does, uh, you know, he's the showstopper and he has, he has, I mean, DX was a great fucking gimmick and stuff. 
but uh, Foley was not that, you know, Foley, Foley's not, he's not a great athlete. He's not Brett, Brett, the Hitman Hart, or, you know, he's just not, he should have never been champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they should. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like he's not a champion. <laughs> he's just not, but yeah, yeah, he etched out his own and also did more to legitimize the sport aspect by by taking crazy bumps and taking high risks you know so yeah i think of that um in terms of roast battle like i want to take those risks because uh because otherwise it's not there's no reason to do it for me Uh, yeah other than the attention we all right 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 no it's a fun show regardless but you are right though in and the high risk high reward yeah i mean i think uh it does have a lot of uh parallels with wrestling and mma like you look at some of the most memorable uh you know wrestlers take a guy like the ultimate warrior who yeah his matches were shit well he might be the the worst technical wrestler of all time yeah but yet you know when you think of memorable wrestlers from the last 30 years he's one of them yeah for sure because it's wacky and even his promos which are so much don't make any sense. You know, the, but you remember Rambling. his nine eleven. He was on the nine eleven like in ninety three. Uh, <laughs> when he's talking about tear down the cockpit doors, dispose of the pilots. I mean, he was like, Wow, that's like that's crazy. And, <laughs> and you know, it is the same thing with roast battle. Like you take, you know, people you think wouldn't be good roasters just because they're shy or you know, they're awkward yeah. and and you know, or you know they're not great technical joke writers but just something yeah you know come and that's well the other thing too uh is i i am very much uh like i love writing jokes uh it's that's just my i love jokes i don't know if you like i'm a big uh norm mcdonald guy i love him so much and every time i see him like even just like i saw i've seen every pilot he's ever filmed because i mean we live in la why wouldn't you go like i i fucking sign up for whatever one iota or whatever the fuck uh you know not even getting not even paid audience work just because i love norm that much you know i went i did i did paid audience work for last comic standing like just sorry about that no it it was uh it was actually really interesting to be on the inside you know see the whole thing see what they cut out uh when they took it to air um anyways but norm being uh, you know every time i see him he's He's telling street jokes and shit, just terrible street jokes, but he just loves fucking jokes. And that's, yeah, that's what it's about. I like that they call it a joke writing showcase because it is about jokes. And I think that's why like alt, alt comedy people tend to have a certain view of it where it's like, you know, where's the joke or what it's more like friends, friends, like it's more of like clicks, you know. Yeah. Well, there are clicky uh, or click uh, certain um, elements to roast battle where you've got the Long Beach Orange County crew. <laughs> right, right. Which like uh, I asked Keith why he didn't look at my jokes for Quentin, my battle with Quentin, and he said because uh, I don't go against OC. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's uh, and you've got because uh, that's where he came from. Yeah, you've got alt 
alter your clicks and roast battles. Which, yeah, I if you watch, uh, if you pay attention to roast battle, alty shit doesn't really work. Um, you no, I mean it's uh, the, it's a tough crowd. I mean it, it's they like what they like, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the certain roasters, like, I love that guy. Uh, I've brought him up a few times because I love, I love watching this guy lose. Uh, his <laughs> last Johnny Stewart or Tommy Stewart? He, cut, he dresses like he's out of Hot Topic. He's got the wallet chain. Something Stewart. Like, he always loses. He's got the, like, the weird almost motorcycle-type glasses, but somewhat balding. I want to say Johnny Stewart. Uh, mm. And God, I'm you know I do this every time I bring this guy's name up, but uh, he's so fun to watch lose because he does he does it with a smile on his face. He, you can tell he's tried to write the best jokes that he can, <laughs> and they're not horrible. Yeah. But uh, he, and he has a great attitude if it doesn't work. And you know, uh, Christy Ciello is another one I would pay to watch lose because she's uh, she was on the road to roast battle on the New York battle and. Uh, uh, and she lost to Jimmy Carr in the first. Uh, that was uh, the. She has a weird, squeaky voice, and that's you know? her voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. But she has so much fun and enthusiasm for the show. I just love watching her. Right. Yeah. She almost imploded on the on the on the roast battle show. But see, people say that. But I'm no, telling no. you live. Uh, I'm not gonna. I mean, she. If she had one. If she had that, like we were just talking about, that one monster home run joke. Yeah, she yeah. would have beat Jimmy, like yeah, because uh, she was definitely endearing, and, um, and she was hanging in there with him, like yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, he he had the better jokes. You know, obviously he's yeah, great, yeah. He's probably great. the best roaster. I mean, Mike Lawrence too. I mean, there's it's all subjective in terms of what you like, but she was hanging in there with him. Like, it was like <laughs> yeah. watching Rocky against Apollo Creed. You're like, <laughs> at a certain point, it's like I think everyone in the room was like, wow, she's got. She's got a bomber, you know, who knows? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the great thing about Roast Battles. We all lose. Like, there's right. no one who's undefeated. Yeah, yeah. There was, yeah. Uh, Mark Mark Stevens is a guy who uh, I, I really, yeah, I really enjoy. I enjoy uh, being friends with him. One of the great elements of Roast Battle is uh, being friends with all these people that you wouldn't normally you know, be friends with all these groups of weirdos and, uh, um, I don't know, all these, uh, just, uh, bizarre people like Mark is a little bit of a, he's a loud Boston guy. He's a little bit of a, you know, I don't know, kind of like a bro or douchey or whatever. Just got a little bit of that vibe. And, uh, we, we've become friends through roast battle, you know, we've, uh, just, so like you meet all these weird people you would never really be friends with. Um, and yeah, and that's, it's, it's really cool to, to fucking all these, all these idiots you become friends with. Oh yeah. He had a yeah. gimmick of only, uh, beating women. Right. And then he battled his first, uh, he battled, battled Albert. Albert and he lost. And, uh, I think Brian had told him he could do a main event if he beat Albert and he lost. And so he took it really hard. And, uh, Keith, Keith told him like, you know, uh, we were at norms. I wrote this in the report too. So by the way, but, which was, if you go on verbal violence.tv, uh, read yeah. Tony's last report. Cause I told you this, 
yeah. uh, it, it's one of the most fucking detailed descriptions of anything. Yeah, and I also I try to put as many jokes in it as possible too. Uh, well, you're capable of yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, like I, I I don't mind being mean as long as it's uh, funny. You know. Well, I don't um, think anyone. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, there's like, a you know as long as it, at the end of the day with this show and I guess comedy in general. Yeah, as long as it's funny, I don't think people care. Right. That's what like, it's I mean, it's like uh, you know Don Rickles, and you listen to the old albums, and they're just racist and like hack racism almost. It's just, uh, but but it, it is. Uh, he goes after everyone. He's me. He's a. Uh, he's so fucking funny, and he's such th- the nicest guy in the world. You know. Yeah. So, and I've never want to be like I don't want to be Rickles. I'm much more interested in being. Uh, I mean, even like Norm Macdonald or Andy Kaufman, or I mean, those are two very different. But you know what I mean? Like, or like Farley was my right. one of my favorite guys ever. I mean, like, you know. It, everyone loses in most battles yeah you know i mean i've lost twice to girls like you know uh but yeah so mark mark took his uh his loss really hard because he was like that was my chance you know and i'm like i told him i was like it's a good thing that you lost like it's it's good it's gonna make you better um it's gonna make you work harder it's gonna make you realize where you, you went wrong and like uh, taking a, and I, I was coming off my first loss too the week before, right? Uh, so like, and then Keith, T, Keith told him, He's like, Look, man, no one could win forever. We're at Norm's hanging out, and he's like, No one just could keep winning forever. And then I said, Unless you're Albert Escobedo, you know, because he's he's like, I think he's six and oh or five and oh, but you know, I don't know if his card is right, right? No, he's he's know. had some weak battles. Um, and this is coming from someone whose first roast battle win was against Boone Shakalaka. <laughs> I did not, I didn't know that. That's funny. Well, I'm telling you right now, Boone is capable of beating, I think, anyone who's ranked 40 to 50 yeah. would have trouble with Boone because he just hits you with the same line five times. <laughs> it's not It's not as, you know, I mean, everyone has... A- one, of my, one of my favorite battles of all time was uh, Kenny Lyon versus... Mansoor. No, 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 no. I didn't... Actually, I didn't see that one, which was Mansoor's battle before mine. It was pretty... I mean, uh, you know... I think Kenny's best joke in that one was, uh, I'd rather get uh, another six inches of my brother again uh, than watch you do six more minutes up here. (laughs) Whoa, Jesus, that's a level changer. Yeah, he said there was a peppermint patty line, I think, that people like a lot. I mean, and for those of you wondering, uh, Kenny Lyon molested by his brother. Uh, so he <laughs> he talks about it a lot on a stage. Lot. Every set uh, brings it up. Um, yeah, man, uh, I, I like Kenny in general. Actually, he's uh, he's a he's definitely a divisive uh, figure. And he's a he's a bit he has problems. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I we, we joke around a lot, and you know, yeah. I, I can't imagine. I mean, he's banned right now from the belly room. Well, he's banned from everywhere. Like, is he? <laughs> well, he's uh, banned from flappers. He's banned. Well, that's yeah, but that's almost a good thing. I I got banned. For, I mean, I got. I I wasn't officially banned. I was unbooked. I was banned from booking. But I'm. They're booking me again now. Well, I think the but, talent guy's not there anymore. Uh, I think there's rumors. Oh, really? Of, uh, a, a, a shake up in the 
Flappers ex- game. I'm not trying to like spread rumors, yeah. but I think uh, I don't follow Flappers. Uh, so maybe that's why you're getting booked again. Oh, maybe I don't know, but um, uh, yeah, but Kenny, uh, you know, he get he'll he'll get naked and get kicked out of places. Uh, he, um, but anyways, I I love him, but his no his battle with Jared Levin. Okay, I don't really remember it. Jared Levin is another guy who's like, did he? Ba- oh no, okay, I'm I'm combining two different battles. I think they never battled. It was Jared Levin versus another Asian dude. I mean, I mean, and Jared Levin, uh, uh, a legend, guy. got yeah. fired from the comedy store, which is really saying something. Like, it yeah. takes a lot to get, like, when the what comedy ha- store looks happened? at you and goes, we're good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, because uh, the comedy store, the, one of the great things about it, even if in its more uh, business-like structure the last couple of years, when the club's never been better because of that, yeah. you know, they will take on any and all they will hire if you're a comic they will give you an opportunity uh and they will uh, you get spots there and they will uh grow and nurture you uh but right. uh, you know jared uh probably was a little too much for even the comedy <laughs> store and kenny lyon as well yeah they and but but uh just i love watching those guys on stage and in roast battle uh especially because of it's the no holds barred element jared levin did all physical act outs and they were all like he did a racist like railroad he did a railroad joke and then his railroad act out was like like his act outs were long uh so that was like that was a pretty ulti battle um but jared just so fucking wacky you know yeah i mean uh, i think he's a i don't know if uh a main event is in his future. But, no, but uh, yeah, he's an he's, undercard. He could be an undercard demolition man, just yeah. like meant for three jokes and uh, any good comic. I've seen him kill. I've seen he, him crush. Yeah. You know, when I host both those guys. Yeah, I mean, Kenny's like, you know, you just can't get fucking naked on stage. It's just not right. Uh, Which I think, I think he's more focused than I've ever seen him right now. He's going to therapy, I think, and uh you know i th- i think if he ever is able to get his shit together he'll be a fucking force oh he's a good dude you know like, yeah i love him oh he's an awesome guy and yeah. you know it's just I, I can't imagine you know what he has had to go through which right in a bizarre way roast battle and stand up and really the comedy store more than any of the clubs and the improv's awesome too but the mm. comedy store tends to have that culture of you know Oh yeah, the wild character. A little bit of a freak show, uh, circus. But we all look out for each other, like. No, it's true, and that's something I I do want to to mention, and like uh, even um, Gary Cannon uh, uh, saw us at Norm's, and he sent over a chocolate sundae to uh, not to show at the Laugh Factory. No, 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 an actual chocolate, an actual uh, physical ice cream dish uh to mark stevens who had lost that night he sent him over so we were all we're so like keith you know tried to comfort him and then i took a shot at him and we all took shots at him and it he smiled for the first time that whole after losing and and you know and then gary cannon sent over some ice cream and we're like we didn't order this and he's like no it's from this gentleman over here and gary waves and yeah i mean i mean these glasses i'm wearing uh bobby lee bought them for me and 
you know bobby lee is like oh just the sweetest and best comic you talk about uh one of the good guys in comedy Uh, just certainly yeah i mean he and i've always felt that from him and we're not like we're not close uh you know he doesn't even know my name i'm sure but he uh he gave me a hundred bucks and said go buy glasses you know and I, I don't even think he wants he would want me talking about it necessarily because he just did it out of the kindness of his heart. He's not, you know, he didn't want to make a show of it. But but um I'll tell you the difference between the one big difference between the alt scene and the the West Side scene that I've noticed is people actually do take care of each other, you know. I've never felt part of a community, like you hear that comedy community. I've I've never felt like that was a real thing until I started doing roast battle and uh, hanging out the store a little more. Um, well, it is it's what I love about like roast battle and, and and really the comedy store specifically is like you know we're all friends. We're even though we're from like completely different backgrounds and and comedy styles and like I think the roast battlers, especially like the higher ranked battlers, there's a uh, just a, a respect level of mm-hmm. I might not necessarily be friends with you outside of here, but while we're on this shallowed ground, <laughs> we're all battling. Right. And there, I mean, there's things about, I hate about it too. It's a very LA, uh, a lot of people have a very, um, networky, uh, attitude and everyone's trying to get on television and shit. Uh, you know, so it's, it's definitely got that vibe of, um, like I, I've had people leave mid sentence uh, to go talk to Joe Rogan or whatever the fuck you know. Someone walks by, and people just leave in the middle of a conversation, which is not a great you know. I hate that shit. But, well, yeah, I mean, but that's with roast battle too, though. And I mean. and also that's in L. That's just L. A. Like it, it happens in the alt scene too. If I'm talking to someone and someone walks by, they're gonna fucking run. You know, if Marin walks by when you're sitting talking to someone at Meltdown, people try to go talk to him, you know. By the way, we're on Facebook Live just right, for the, cool. the uh, last the few wrap minutes up of the podcast. Here. Well, no, because I found, uh, I don't want to say unfortunately, but uh, I have a <laughs> n- new uh, setup here at Inappropriate Earl and uh, about an hour and 50 minutes, uh, the sound card... Uh, Fills. Uh, fills. So we got nine minutes. No, yeah, let's. But but, uh, but I'm glad because I want. You're definitely a part two or because. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have a lot to say. I guess. But that's uh, great though. Like, yeah, we didn't even. I don't want to like. We didn't <laughs> even get into stand up really. Yeah, and, which. Uh, and a lot of people like. You know, I've had I think probably uh, twelve, thirteen roast battlers on yeah. here, uh, but it's just such a fascinating show. No, it is, and it's the the thing that's great, and it, uh, is there's such a need for it right now. With, I mean, look at fucking where we're at with the debates tonight. Look where we're at with Trump and him fucking using this uh, anti. Uh, you know, uh, PC, the PC culture, or whatever, using that to elevate himself, which really I think he's dangerous for freedom of speech. He's he's said in the past about he did open up the libel laws and all that shit. That's the scariest thing about it to there me. There goes my Twitter feed. <laughs> right now, I mean, yeah, shit like that. Look at Melissa Villasenor, the one of the sweetest people I've ever met 
in my life uh and just you know very um you know, someone I wouldn't even think I'd like, I'm not a, I don't like people who do impressions necessarily and like that kind of shit, but she's so fucking good at it. Like her and James Adomian, they're like so fucking talented. Oh yeah. She's and amazing. She's so entertaining and just got such a strong, uh, I don't know, thing, you know, way of approaching it. Um, but I mean like what she's going through right now is like, it's so fucked up. It's though. just, but I mean, it's social media. Like, you, you know, uh, you know, you, a tweet from seven years ago is getting her in trouble. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and that's, that bad. that's terrifying. Yeah. It's not even that big. A, like we've said things at roast battle that are like far and away, just more blatant, more cruel and i mean i i entered his doug's dead brother yeah i mean i i was the house racist the first year where right, i was yeah. like uh you know i said some i mean they, they during my battle with quentin they burned a kkk hood on stage yeah uh, that, well that was uh yeah, yeah was he quentin. gave it to me quentin quentin wanted to do that that's right He's yeah. like, and he was so cute, for lack of a better word. Uh, I don't know if "cute's" the right word, but like, yeah, he's a cutie. Uh, he was like, came, came up to me kind of sheepishly, and he's like, yeah. "Hey, man, um, I got this. You know, he's like this golly G look. Right? Yeah. Like, would you, um, would you accept a KKK hood on stage <laughs> for me? And you don't have to if you don't want to. I'm like, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think at one point he told me that you, uh because of comedy central you were worried about or that you didn't want to do it well yeah and then you made that the bit kind yeah of. i mean i'm like uh you know here i you know i mean i, I think my struggles with getting on tv are, are well known <laughs> and uh you know here i am finally in a position to possibly get on yeah, uh, yeah. you know the number one comedy uh, network in the world and i'm like uh, wow i geez what if they you know what if they uh take this the wrong way and uh but we made it work and uh yeah man i think that yeah that was actually a scary moment though when they burned the hood and uh for me anyway because we ended up having to do an extra joke i think and i i uh it it threw me off a little bit that last joke didn't go so well but i uh you know i had well that's I, the thing you have yeah. to like how to like if you're writing for a battle like you know and you know you don't the wave is like the ultimate wild card because you don't know right. what they're going to do. And Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it was so... And then, yeah, and then the back and forth, like, the wave went and then you went and then the judges piped in and then and it's like, where the fuck are we? And then we, yeah, and... I, I mean, there's points, and yeah. I don't know if this is right or wrong, but uh, where the two roasters are the least important part of the show. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, especially if they're bombing, like in an undercard, where we had that one, and I, I took the guys to task, and I kind of felt bad about it, but again, like, they signed up for it, you know, uh, but they had, it was, the, one of the guys was reading off his phone, the other guy was like, uh, Josh, Josh, uh, Myrowitz got off a, are you autistic too line? With yeah. Him. I mean, uh, and that's really it's when, just, you know, I spring to life is, you know, when a battle's bad. Yeah. And that's, but like, uh, Mike Lawrence said, it coined the checks and balances, you know, they have the checks and balances of comedy. Yeah. I mean, which I thought, you know, uh, although I was glad to be, uh, roasting in Montreal, right. I, I thought there were some moments where the hater might have been uh, useful. Right, for sure. Uh, you know, like the Ralphie, Mike Lawrence uh, thing. <laughs> and, 
you know, there was a moment uh, of awkwardness, and I don't know how it played on TV where Jamar went to give Ralphie a cookie. And you could tell at that point Ralphie was pretty pissed. Yeah, he was the... Uh... And he kind of slapped the cookie out of Jamar's hand. <laughs> and was like, get that fucking thing out of my face. And, right. you know, there was that second of silence that was like, oh, and that, you know, you needed, like, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. me, but, like, you needed someone to be like, uh, I'll, you know, I'll take that cookie or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, yeah, there's so many, uh, you know, which goes back to... Moses being such a good host. And I like, mean, and Coach T. Coach uh, T's probably the quickest guy in the room. Uh, yeah. Not probably. He is. Like uh, last week, I think I did a Sanford and Son reference. And that's, you know, that's a pretty deep reference. It's not very yeah. topical. And that's the, uh, the, the way technology is, you know, without, without the internet and stuff. But we, he had it. He just fucking. The yeah. Sanford and Son song queued up two seconds later. Like I don't know yeah. how he does it, and you know it. Quick it, draw, but I think that's what makes us all come together. Like it's such a community project. Well, yeah, yeah. It's and the show would not exist with all the energy without all the energy of all the people around it. Yeah, I mean, it's sure. like from the the undercards to the stand up before to Meyerwitz. Uh, yeah, you know, doing the you know what is seemingly a simple thing, just jumping up and down, going battle, battle. But it's like the shows where he's not yeah. there; it's not the same. It is true. And even with Boone Shakalaka, and, yeah. and full disclosure, I don't talk to Boone anymore because of his <laughs> outrageous pricing on stolen fucking merchandise. <laughs> Try to sell me a white now. For those of you new to the show, Boone Shakalaka, a homeless transvestite. Uh, who is like doesn't have the money for the full transition i think uh he steals uh items from uh stores uh, clothing items uh electronical uh, uh items uh and sells them uh at one point for a dollar at the comedy store but because there was another homeless black dude who came up here with like mitchell and ness jerseys for like fifty dollars so he, he's trying to compete yeah so he tried to pricing. sell me a a fucking white snake shirt for 10 bucks. And it's like, I might as well just go to the merch booth at the concert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but even with Boone, like it, it's not the same when Boone's not there. Oh, and when I was battling Quentin, um, I was, you know, I was straight up having an anxiety attack before a battle. Cause it was my first main event. I, I was very aware that comedy central was keeping an eye on the show and I was terrified I was horrified. And uh, so when Boone came out with the, you know, the first couple of uh, chords, the uh, roll, rolling on the river, yeah, Proud Mary starts playing. I fucking, it just saved me. It fucking saved me. It was a comforting constant that I could, you know, and when people started dancing and I started dancing, you know, just moving around with the crowd, God, it was that was fucking heaven, you know. There is a uh, just a calming influence of yeah, Pat Reagan yeah. and Jeremiah. Doing yeah, their, yeah, uh, seeing them, they're awesome. Uh, I love Pat. Uh, oh, Pat's so talented. Uh, his music is good. I yeah. listen to his albums. He gives me his CDs, and I fucking I listen to them. They're like in my rotation. If you go on uh, iTunes, Pat Reagan, uh, yeah, that just, Baby Boys album. 
so uh so talented uh, ba- just, the baby boys album is a great punk album it's like six songs or something like yeah. an ep is fucking great i mean he's super super talented Joel jeremiah Hunt. watkins yeah uh, he's not only the leader of the Re- wave reagan and watkins is so- Re- i don't know why i call him reagan i thought it was reagan it was Re- reagan reagan yeah. reagan it's reagan it's reagan i'm dumb I'm no dumb. i'm dumb yeah no. i don't know because uh he's how do you say your last name is it take a guess it's, uh, kennedy it's yeah i hard. wish if i was kennedy i'd be getting tv spots <laughs> how take a guess at my last name it's uh, i think i know it's skagle but not, no? not really skagle you just skagle? said skagle 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 so you know i guess yeah, it's you know like when i used to open up for rob schneider you know they'd have a local guy uh, from <laughs> right. scene i would get skunkle uh, skankle uh, skakel uh, one guy called me Ernie Styles. Like <laughs> it was like what? My, my favorite is when they give up. Uh, so I've had a MC one time just said Tony Bartle, um, and just that was it. That was my intro. Uh, yeah. This is the end of the Facebook Live portion of yeah. the show, not the podcast. We're gonna we wrap, wrap up it. that. Yeah, let's wrap uh, up. But uh, this is Tony Bartoloni. What's up? Uh, give your plugs on Yo, Facebook, Facebook Live. Uh, f- fucking t- at Tony Does Comedy on Twitter. Tony Bartoloni on Facebook. Uh, you check out the Roast Report. I write that once a month. Verbalviolence.tv. Click on the Roast Report. What about Instagram? Instagram's Tony Bartoloni. Just one word, you know, at Tony Bartoloni. And uh, I am Earl Skakel. At Earl Skakel everywhere. E A R L. S K A K E L. And a lot of people have been uh, messaging me when my next battle is. Uh, I will be getting the winner probably in January of uh, Alex Hooper and Pat Barker. I'd like to do one before then, but, uh, you know, nothing has wet my appetite yet. So uh, <laughs> who knows? Never say never. Never say die like the King Cobra song off the Iron Eagle soundtrack. I'm back in the ring December 20th against uh ramsey badawi that's a good battle it should be fun yeah and i'm hearing the sound recorder make noises as we speak we are at an hour and 53 minutes so we're two minutes over what i thought uh would end so tony bartoloni is one of the good ones <laughs> in la comedy uh, we're gonna have him back to talk comedy yeah but uh because i'm this sure this was fun man well we could go another hour that's <laughs> yeah, you know I've, it's uh we we didn't even really get into wrestling that yeah, much. Yeah, not even. Uh, um, I don't watch wrestling now, but... I've been... Uh, Lucha Underground is my favorite thing that's going on right now. Well, you know, once again, that ties into roast battle because uh, I beat uh, in a roast battle Johnny Mundo. Oh, uh, yeah. Great... You, you roast battled Mundo? We roast battled yeah. Mundo, and I got to be honest with you, he was better than I thought. He he was doing a show at I.O. for a while. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, John, I, I know him as John Morrison. Right, but, John uh, Morrison. And I know John... that's not his real name. Yeah. Uh, but this... I, I remember seeing him on Tough Enough. Yeah. And I mean, uh, he did that standing star press. Oh, he's... He did a standing shooting star press, and I had never seen anyone do it. Now, now every other fucking Lucha Libre wrestler does it. He is, like, um, so physically gifted. Like, yeah. we work out at the same gym, and, like, 
one night we were there basically alone and I'm on the elliptical. <laughs> I just do cardio. Just yeah. it, it, cardio is my Prozac. Uh, yeah. Because when I took Prozac, the real Prozac, my dick didn't work, <laughs> you know, but that's another yeah. podcast. My, uh, uh, depression days. Uh, but I saw Johnny Mundo doing these uh, kind of wacky dumbbell exercises, like these really yeah. bizarre circular, uh, like lateral raises for you guys who work out. He was doing like these weird things, and it was thirty pounds. And I thought that looks pretty fucking easy. When he leaves, I'm gonna do it with thirty pounds, and literally tore my shoulder into about eight. <laughs> you know pieces because yeah. those shoulder exercises are intense well you got I, the rotator my, cuff my shoulders are real fucked up from uh playing little league <laughs> yeah well, well that's definitely another podcast yeah. uh but you know he, uh <laughs> but to show you like how nerve-wracking roast battle is like you know i, I don't think any roaster good or bad you know from the someone who is going to do it for the first time to Alex Hooper, the number, the champ, number one, uh, doesn't get enough credit for the balls it takes to do these things. Yeah, uh, it is, uh, and even those guys uh, who I who I talk shit in the roast report about and kind of took to task, um, those guys fucking had the balls to do it, you know, because it's hard to do. When I, um, there's people who won't. By the way, oh yeah, a well, lot of comics who will not do it. Well, I know a lot of people were asked to do, or not a lot, but some uh, huge comics were asked to do Roast Battle. The Comedy Central. Uh, yeah, and they were like, oh, I'm good. you know. Yeah. And these are people who you think are so confident and so like uh, bulletproof yeah. in terms of you know their huge... You right, know, yeah. And they were like, no, I'm not going to have uh, Mike Lawrence tear me down or I'm not going to have you know Earl come out in his underwear <laughs> uh, you know, making yeah. jokes about my mother. But... John Morrison, Johnny Mundo. Here's a guy who been in WrestleMania, uh, been in front of 60,000 people and wrestled at a very high level, you know, right before our battle. I was like, hey, man, you know, it's kind of a wild atmosphere up there, dude. And, uh, you know, it, it's I was trying to give him pointers. Yeah. Uh, and he just kind of looks at me and, and he's a, such a nice guy. Yeah. He's like, Earl. I've wrestled in front of 70,000 people. <laughs> I know what I'm doing in front of yeah. a crowd. And he got up on that stage and you could see in his eyes, he was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> the, I might have wrestled in front of 70,000 yeah, people, but. There's nothing like the belly room on a Tuesday night. There's just nothing. No, I mean, I'm nervous every uh, every show like yeah. because there's. The worst. I get when I when I got a battle coming up, I get nervous watching them being in the room like when when that's the week before god it's terrifying and when someone's joke bombs it hurts so bad uh, oh i mean it's uh even at the haters table yeah. uh, uh you know i i'd probably say i bomb at least twice a week uh, <laughs> right yeah yeah it's almost expected for the judges or or uh you know the, the hater to to have a couple bombs because but it's the worst it's just fresh off the top of your head you yeah know, all night like, uh you know it, you you and it's also like for me it's like trying to not beat the judges to the punch on a line but right like, yeah uh, last week uh right before moses went to me i i think he uh jeff ross had had a really funny line about uh bumble like the stage looks like a uh a bumble uh yeah date and like 
like two minutes before that, I'm like, wow, this stage looks like two people who swipe left on Tinder. Right. And I just, I had to go with that joke, even though Jeff just killed with a bumble joke. I'm like, I, it's the only thing. It's all I got. And it, you know, it didn't, you know, do as well as I would have liked, to be honest. <laughs> right. But, you know, it, it's the, the, and bombing on a battle, you know, is way more intense. Also, um, when you're bombing and someone's making fun of you simultaneously, it's, it's so fucking intense. Well, that's why like I'll only battle people I respect, yeah, and, and like not just as a comic but as a human. Because uh, I think also you get uh, people who you don't know as much, which it sounds like you haven't done too much of that. I mean, I would say on the Comedy uh, Central show. I mean, I Kate Trevor. And Kate Trevor's awesome. I mean, yeah. I, I I consider him a friend. Like, if we lived in the same city, we'd be best friends. Yeah. Same thing with Tom Ballard. I don't know Tom that well, uh, but he is amazing. Like, uh, you know, and that's you know, I guess my only problem with roast battle is some of the cockier battlers in L.A. It's like, yeah. dude or <laughs> girl, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would get fucking destroyed by K. Trevor, like, you know, yeah. or Tom. I thought I thought K. Trevor was gonna take it when I was watching it on TV. It was close. I mean, live. You know, I I was. Uh, I mean, I thought he was gonna take the whole thing. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, I had Mike Lawrence out the gate. I just I I think he's the best roast battler. Period. Yeah. I mean, that was probably my most nervous battle ever. Was like. When we did the ro uh, the Rob Lowe roast recap, someone's idea was like, "Hey, uh, you know, since you guys were so good on roast battle, why don't you guys roast each other at the end?" I'm like, "Oh, is there going to be an audience?" They're like, "No, it's just for you two. I'm like, "Oh, fuck!" And so I would just look at him and I figured if he laughs at what I say, it's a good joke, and yeah. you know, the, you know. It wouldn't, I mean, I don't know who won because it's like there's no fucking one. There's three camera yeah, guys just, in the room. It's like Facebook Live thing? Or yeah. So like we did the Rob Lowe recap. Roast recap. And then at the end, I was like, you know, Mike, I don't know when I'm going to be in the room with you again. Let's roast each other right now. And so we had a, a an undercard. I got to check that out. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I, I held my own. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, there's such a... He's just such a strong comic, too. And just jo joke writing... Uh, such a strong point of view, such a strong look that fits his point of view. It's yeah. just everything out of his mouth is just perfect. Well, he's an Emmy, you know, nominated I mean, yeah, yeah. writer. So he's it's great. Like, you know, he's like, you know, my jokes are pretty simplistic. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm going to have more of a delivery more than a great joke. Uh, he's going to have both. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, in his battle with Ralphie, I mean, I think Ralphie was prepared more for almost a snap type of joke like you, ralphie you're so fat when you sit around the house you really yeah. sit around the yeah. house like mike's not gonna do that mike's gonna his joke about the divorce yeah and fat it was like he weaved a divorce and a fat joke into one joke right, right, yeah. so he's he's amazing but uh you know there's such a whole different level of roaster out there like the k trevors the tom ballards i mean People didn't see the um, the first uh, the Jeff Ross roast invitational last year because we didn't right, televise yeah. it. Uh, but Tom Ballard, uh, you know, a few people thought beat Jimmy Carr last year. So you know, when I saw my bracket, I was like, "Oh fuck, someone, <laughs> right. someone doesn't like me." Uh, but it you know worked <laughs> out, I guess. But 
you know, there's such yeah, it was, a... It was great, man. The whole... Yeah, it was... I thought the whole thing came together really great. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I you know, I would have done maybe one or two things differently, but like... Right, yeah. You know, everyone would have, like... Exactly. You know, for whatever happened. Me and, me and Doug talked the next day, and uh, we sent all our leftovers to each other back and forth. Right. All our leftover jokes. So that was fun. And there were some that definitely I thought would have hit bigger... Right. Had I switched him out. Yeah, but that's the, the, that's, you know, if you're like a top battler, you know, you, and you lose, or even if you win and maybe it didn't do as well. Right. Yeah. You know, you still not obsessed, but you still think, what what could I have done better? Should I? Right. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. That's same thing, you know, like, I still think it's Sarah Tiana jokes. And well, maybe I could have done this one. <laughs> yeah. You know, or. Uh, yeah, I'm still writing jokes for Doug. I got to switch. Yeah, I got to, you know. I mean, I'm starting to look at Hooper and Barker and go, okay, what's, uh, what's, you know, what, uh, what could I do here? But, uh, you know, it's uh, follow Roast Battle at Roast Battle on Twitter, <laughs> verbalviolence.tv for the, uh, I think, Keith, Carrie, Jay Light. Tony and uh, Dan, Dan Nolan. Dan, Dan Dan does a great job with the. Uh, he really, uh, he he set the bar for me. I think. Uh, I mean, I in. think your last yeah. ba- uh, last. Uh, yeah, I worked. Set the bar. I worked really hard on. It. And Pat Barker, I think. Uh, uh, he does. He does the spotlights, but he's busy on his HBO show. Yeah, to follow Pat Barker. Uh, he's uh, watch uh, any uh, given Bill Wednesday. Simmons. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, Pat's. He's uh, and an awesome dude. So, yeah, just uh, such. A, he was the first guy to come up to me. I mean, I was friends with Keith and Olivia, but Pat just kind of approached me and said, "You know, I, I really like the the couple battles you've done." Yeah, I mean, that's, which is he was really just a sweet guy. Yeah, no, he's uh, like you know, I. He was like the guy I would look at on the road to roast battle uh, when I was battling Jesse Joyce, like. I knew when Pat would like, he would nod at me if it was a yeah, good joke. Yeah. I was like, okay, if Pat likes it, I'm good. Yeah. So uh, just uh, follow everyone we're mentioning. Uh, Pat Barker. Uh, Olivia Grace. Olivia Grace. Keith Carey. Uh, Dan Keith Nolan. Carey, uh, Connor McSpadden. Uh, Jay Light. Jay Light. Uh, you know, there's Doug Fager. Uh, Mark Stevens. Look out for... Uh, I guess one last plug. Look out for Nicole Buchanan. She's got like three battles coming up, I think. Yeah, no, she's a killer. and uh, She's going to battle Dan, actually. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you know, uh, see, she's doing it like they broke up. Or I don't know uh, if they would like to say they were boyfriend, girlfriend. They were dating. Yeah. That, you know, I do it the opposite way. I battle girls I'm dating currently. And then you and break then, up as a no, result. No, no, they broke up with me <laughs> okay. uh, both times. Literally like two weeks later. So uh, <laughs> if you're a couple currently, don't battle Maybe each don't other. Be- but we're we- waiting for that Leah J battle. Leah uh, Lamar, J Light. I would advise against it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, as uh, an elder statesman in the roast battle yeah. world, um, uh, it's uh, it's not done me well, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but that, that's another podcast, my uh, roast battle relationship woes but uh welcome to hollywood guys uh, inappropriate <laughs> earl soundcloud and itunes uh stevie rochelle from tough out today i might let that one breathe a day or two before yeah. i release this one but uh tony bartoloni yeah uh, thanks man great comic thanks uh, for listening the great roast battle he'll be back we'll talk wrestling and stand up next time yeah that's the thing i want to do all those things but you know you get into 
roast, roast battle, battle and there's you know, everyone has a different uh you know take on the show it's and, a rich uh, subject it really is because it encaptures just uh so many different avenues of alt comedy anti-alt comedy uh different styles and and so and you talk a lot which is awesome <laughs> yeah i mean that's uh, like the perfect thing is a guest who talks a lot uh, yeah i've had sure. some podcasts especially earlier in the in the infancy of this podcast where it was like 47 minutes because i'm like oh you're just saying so tell us what it was like in the warrant days cool oh okay uh well it's gonna be a short podcast <laughs> so uh, inappropriate earl soundcloud and itunes uh please um you know share it retweet it whatever it just helps uh you know i don't exactly make a killing doing this podcast <laughs> so uh if you guys what are your sponsors oh there we go uh i have several sponsors in this <laughs> show believe it or not uh beverly kills uh, Beverly Cl Kills Clothing Company. They make some great uh, satirical t-shirts. Uh, I think it's beverlykills.ca uh, or beverlykills.com. You can tell I'm uh, really good at uh, plugging <laughs> yeah. my sponsors. Uh, Prostockhockey.com. I'm taking a sabbatical right now from playing in the SoCal Street Hockey League. Uh, just, you know, uh, I'm getting a little older. I need to take a season off here and there. Uh, Stevie Rochelle from Tough has provided the music on Inappropriate Earl from Day Fucking One. So support uh, the band Tough, T-U-F-F. -F. And, uh, you know, I, I have four sponsors on this show, and the last sponsor is... I just have an affinity for this man. Uh, he's my favorite singer of all time. At Stephen Piercy on Twitter. Uh, singer of the band Rat. Formerly the singer of the band Rat. Right now there's three versions of Rat touring. Because uh, they just can't get along. Uh, I'll be seeing Stephen Piercy this Friday night at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go. -Go. Uh, and he supports Inappropriate Earl Podcast by providing me with Mike Knuckles. So go on Twitter, and it's M-I-C-K-N-U-C-K-L-E-S. And they're microphone holders. Comics could use them. Uh, musicians use them. Uh, so They're real cool looking. They're cool. Uh, you know, there's like 50 different models. Right now I have the Twisted Sister model, I guess you'd say. It's pink with uh, silver spikes on it. And uh, they're cool. So and Steven uh, is a guest on this podcast, and uh, he's an awesome dude. Uh, so go on TopFuelRecords.com and buy some Steven Piercy gear. He didn't ask me to tell you that. I just like to support my... I want to be like the next Joe Rogan. Like, you look at Joe Rogan <laughs> from the standpoint of... He had you George, better start working out, man. Well, I got... Well, I'm not going to do... Uh, I'm not going to get into mixed martial arts at 48 years old. But, like, you know, Joe Rogan just had uh, George Perez on his podcast. You know, he's obviously been a huge supporter of uh, guys like Joey Diaz, Duncan Trussell, Tony oh, yeah. Hinchcliffe. Uh, and I want to do that, like... I want to expose, obviously, on a much smaller, uh, you know, numbers. No. Uh, you don't got fear factor numbers. No, I don't even have uh, fear numbers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Marky Mark movie fear. Uh, <laughs> but, like, Joe just has exposed so many, like, not unknown comics, but lesser known comics to yeah. his audience. And uh, he mentions my name on... Uh, the podcast periodically just about roast battle he'll always say earl skakel i'll get 100 followers yeah uh, so uh, thank you joe rogan for uh, being a cool dude 
And uh, before the computer shuts off, Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud iTunes, Tony Bartoloni. Thanks. Deal with his greatness. (laughs) 